I don't believe in the Sasquatch. Megan, if alternate dimensions and aliens are real, why can't Sasquatch also be real? I just don't think that Sasquatch is real. I've... Okay. Because, like, I just... I don't think... I just... Why would it be real? <laughs> so, the, what, I, what I've heard about this is okay. that the Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever you want to call it yeah. is um, some sort of, uh, like, you're looking at me with such a face right now. You do not want to be having this conversation. And I don't care. Because, listen, we got to start having these conversations. God damn it. Uh, it's, it's been a, said, apparently, that they are, like, parallel evolution to us in another okay. dimension. And they are lightly looking out for us um, to make sure. And this is this is the last I'm going to say. Okay. We so we've been looking at space for like what a hundred years with like yeah. this, right? And we haven't seen any fucking intelligent life out there. And we're uh-huh. like, okay, like maybe there's aliens, maybe not. Yeah, there's microbes on Mars, whatever. If we look at the universe in this like multi-dimensional way, yeah, it, the idea that. Like, people are seeing these fucking UFOs all the time. Have you seen any of this news? I, I haven't, because it's not news. It's just internet things. No, no, Megan, it was on 60 Minutes. It's literally, literal. <laughs> Obama said it, like, two days ago. I fucking, I shit you not, it's real. The Navy's been seeing these fucking... Oh, Megan, hundreds of sightings of this same fucking shit coming oh out of the god. sea and zipping around and doing shit. Oh my shit. god, oh I, my god. Oh my god, I just need you to read one article. Just <laughs> You sound like a lunatic. I feel like a lunatic. Do you know how much it kills me to say that Sasquatch is real? I am not. You've known me for fucking 20 years and you know I wouldn't fucking jump on this so hard unless I fucking thought it was real. I... (laughs) This episode of the show is going to be awful. Listen, we're not talking about other dimensions. We'll fucking get into it. I guess that does happen in this book, doesn't it? Yeah, that's why I'm kind of tripping out a lot this week. I'm like, oh man, what what does it all mean? Oh yeah, same, same, <laughs> same, 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 same. Anyway, my final my final thought on this for okay. now is that um, if our our civilization, in the grand scheme of things, is about to become um, like spacefaring, right? Okay. Like we can agree that like our technology is advanced to such a yeah. degree that like. Within our lifetimes, we'll probably mm-hmm. see something like, uh, like Black Mirror style uploading consciousness. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All of yeah, that yeah, yeah. like techno stuff. Yeah. Is within our grasp, and that exponential rise happens so quickly mm-hmm. that it would stand to reason that if there is something on the other side, and this is the thing, there is something out yes. there that is not us. Yes. It would stand to reason that they are keeping a very close eye right now because it almost never happens that any civilization, first of all, that a civilization that life would exist in the first place, yeah. that life would evolve the way that we did, that they would then continue to not kill themselves long enough to reach like a technological singularity. This is a huge deal for them. They're like, whoa, fucking, there's another one. Yeah. Like, and they're about to, you know, figure out whatever quantum interdimensional travel is. And we just need to get in there beforehand and, like, maybe guide them through it. And that's what Sasquatch does. And that's what Sasquatch does. I know. I know. I, I, know. I love you. And I do agree with you. I'm just busting your balls a little bit. I mean, I, I think you need to. I think I need to because I also don't think that if both of us just devolve into yelling about aliens... On this podcast. Like, God, we're not doing the Tommy Dog. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't think people will listen anymore. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, final, final thing. Oh my god. Okay, go on. Go on. Go no, on. No, I'm not going to because you're actually going to yell at me. Oh my god. Oh god. Okay. I think you could, at the end of the podcast, if we could talk enough about if the I, Langoliers. If I feel like I haven't talked enough about Dimensions by the end, I, could, I get two minutes. Yeah, you get two minutes. I, two minutes. I We can actually, I'm going to talk. I want you to edit this so that this is at the end of the podcast. We'll fucking see what I do. <laughs> I'm the one who does the editing, so fucking see. I hope you you're gonna edit it so this is all the podcast. Yeah, fuck the Langoliers. Okay, all right, we're doing the Langoliers this week. Langoliers, That's it. We fucking hey, dropped it. Langoliers. Hey, Langoliers. Uh, before we get into it, Megan, you're on uh, Stephen King news this week. Yeah. What's, what's up and what's new? Um. Okay, so there is a new mini series that's gonna be coming out. It's called the Chapel Wait. It's called Chapel Wait. It's called Chapelweight. Chapelweight is what it's called. Oh. Yeah, and it's um, based it's based on Jerusalem's Lot, the short story. So not Salem's Lot, right. the book. Gotcha, gotcha, Jerusalem's gotcha. Lot, the short story, which is honestly scarier than Salem's Lot. We should do a two-parter. Oh my god, one hundred percent. We should. Uh, oh, and also one for the road because that's also the three of them together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been, I'm sorry to drop, but the last uh, copy of Salem's Lot I bought when I was in Australia mm-hmm. had um, both of those in it. It was like a compendium, <gasps> oh. so like it opened with Jerusalem's Lot, and then you read Salem's Lot, and then you read the one for the road. It was an excellent way to bring those. Sorry, go on. Um, no, that actually makes a lot of sense, and it's great. That's like a really good series. Yeah. I love what Stephen King does, like, vampires. It's so fun. And, um, it's gonna be starring Adrian Brody. Okay. I love, I love Adrian Brody. I, he's fine. I think he is very handsome. People say that, and I don't necessarily agree. But... He's got that, like, long spindly thing that I like. Yeah. See, I need them to be bl- blokier than that. <laughs> I need them to be squat. And with more facial hair. He is 100% the opposite of your type in every way. But like, like the, like the definition of my type, like just like a long boy, just like a long (laughs) Spider-Man. And he's quite the Spider-Man. But guess who's going to also be in it? Who? Emily Hampshire. From Shit's Creek? From Shit's Creek! Yeah! Oh, good for her! I know, I know. I am, um... Everybody else from that show is doing so many crazy things right now. And I was like, man, poor Emily Hampshire. Like, she's so great. I want her to fucking get out there and do stuff. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah. So she's going to be in this miniseries with Adrian Brody. And it seems like it. uh, this feels like it's going to be like a prestige drama. Like, it Mm -hmm. looks good from what I've seen. So that is coming out. I'm not entirely sure when that's coming out, to be honest with you. This is the first I've heard of it, so... Yeah, there's a trailer. I haven't actually even watched oh, really? the trailer. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not a trailer. It's first look, so oh. my bad. Um, it's literally just, like, a slideshow of photos in which Adrian Brody looks brooding. <laughs> Ooh, he looks They're brooding. Look at, fucking, look at Stevie holding this... Candle? Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> She's definitely got the face of someone who plays, like, an 1800s lady. It is odd to me that she hasn't done more period pieces because, like, look at this, look at this woman. Yeah, no, she was, yeah, no, she was born to play <laughs> fucking, like, haunted widow. <laughs> like, exactly. Opposite Adrian Brody. I believe those two could be together. They both look equally haunted, I yeah, would say. They do look exceptionally haunted. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so that is, uh, 
That's the main news. There's a lot of, like, Stephen King adaptations. There's also Lisey's story. Yeah, there is Lisey's story. Which I think is coming up very soon. That stars Julianne Moore, which is so exciting. Man. Um, and other people as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... We really picked a good time to start Mm. doing a Stephen King podcast. If we were smart, we would coincide the, like, book with, like, the media, but... Listen, we could barely agree to get together once a week to do this. Yeah, that's <laughs> honestly fair. <laughs> By the way, we're, we're moving to a, a twice-a-month system going forward. Because, yeah. A, it turns out reading takes some time. <laughs> honestly, I banged through Pet Cemetery in, like, four days. And it took me three weeks to read The Langoliers, <laughs> which is less than half the size of Pet Cemetery. I think this is testament to the fact that we've actually only really done good Stephen King stories up to this point. Mm-hmm. Good or, like, or the moving figure, which is just like, okay, that's the one outlier. And I think we've also only done stories that we actually like. Whereas... I don't... See, I love the Langoliers. I loved the Langoliers. We're gonna talk about how I feel about the Langoliers yeah. now. Less positively than before this reread. Okay, well, what was the... When did you read the Langoliers for the first time? Ooh, I can't remember, but it would have been... Would have been probably when we lived together Oh, okay. Because I, I believe it was your copy of Four Past Midnight. That, that, right, yes. Right, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And that would have been... 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. ago? Almost 10 years ago. It's our 10 year Toronto anniversary. It is our 10 year Toronto anniversary. Yeah! Not today, August 26th. It's the day after my birthday. It's it's easy for you to remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It should be easy for you to remember. Megan, by your birthday, apparently uh, there will be confirmation uh, from aliens. They're meant to. Straight up, seriously, I I should not. They are meant to make contact in July. Okay, if. If they Riley make... last night set an alarm for it so she can yell at me if it doesn't happen. That's if very you would like funny. To do the same. I will absolutely be doing that. <laughs> I am gonna have an alien themed birthday party. Megan, I think everyone is going I think everything going forward is going to be alien <laughs> I brought it back around. I'm sorry, let's talk about okay, this. Let's fucking talk about thing. the fucking Langoliers. This is gonna be a real moving finger of an episode. Oh, when was, when was the first <laughs> Yeah, for real. When was the first time you read it? Uh it was when I was younger, that that was during the period of time when all I, the only books I consumed were Stephen King books, which is when I was thirteen. For some reason, I just right. did. I read all of the Stephen King books and then didn't read them again for like ten years. But that's fine. Um, I, you know what? I thought it was scary. It is scary. It's scary until, until okay. Let's not. Yeah, it was the most disappointing book. I think I've ever read in my entire life. I don't think I've ever read a book that started so strong and was so scary and so good to have it fall apart. Like, it's like holding sand. You're just like, no, no, no. What happened to the book? Like, fuck. Okay, well... Tell me, what is, t- explain the book to me. I didn't actually read it. Spoiler alert, I didn't reread this book this week. So Listen, honestly, gonna... I did, and I'm sorry I did. I'll read the next one. I'll read the next bad one. <laughs> I actually, I promised a little while ago that I would read Dreamcatcher, 
That's my, that's my, that's my, that's your penance. That's my penance. Because I refuse to read Dreamcatcher. I will be the one to read Dreamcatcher because I already read it once. I think I can grin and bear it and read it again. Stronger woman than I. We'll wait until after the aliens come though. Well, we have to. I, I want to see how, how accurate Stephen King got it. Esteban okay. King. Megan's <laughs> neighbor. Dominic Top King. Dominic Top King. <laughs> Alright, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with... The Langoliers. The Langoliers. Stephen. Stephen. something. 95 is when I think uh, Four Past Midnight came out. Can you look it up for me? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. 19 tickety 2. 19 tickety 2. Uh, four Past Midnight. This is 91, 92? Uh, 90. 90. This okay. book is older than both of us. Not by long. Two years. A year for you. I've been out, outdone by the Langoliers once yeah. again. <laughs> uh, so the Langoliers, a uh, brief synopsis mm-hmm. before I get into the meat of it. Um, a plane flies through some kind of time rip yes. in the sky. Yes. Uh, most of the passengers uh, disappear. The ones who were asleep do not disappear, yeah. and shenanigans ensue. That's do you, essentially. Do you sleep on planes? Yes. Me too. We would both make it into the Langolier land. Langolierland. The- <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> I've hung out on planes like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I I've taken enough planes in the last. Just in the last two years, I've taken enough planes that I will just fall asleep before the plane takes off and wake up when it's in the air. That's like, like I can't. Like I sit down, I'm just I'm out. That's next level. That's a good. That's a good way to be. I always get really worried that I'm not gonna be able to sleep, and so mm. I take. Or I, I think, oh, I'll take Gravol or a Xanax or something beforehand. Yeah, and yeah, I never yeah. do, but I can always sleep anyway, so it's not that serious. That's good. That's good. It takes me a long time to fall asleep. I usually my favorite thing to do on a plane is to listen to a podcast and play solitaire on my phone. Oh, that's a good idea. That is my favorite thing, because then you're doing something, but you're you're doing you're doing two. My it's uh, a twofer. On my flight from Honolulu to Australia a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I I booked the flight and I booked like the cheapest ass flight you oh, can get. Fair. And I was seated in a three row. I was on the aisle, which you would think would be fine. Mm-hmm. And next to me was uh, like two grandparents. Aww. And in front of them were their grandkids. Oh. No. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I guess the parents were there as well. Anyway, these kids were allowed to just run rampant and fully crawled over oh, me to God. get to their grandparents oh, my God. for the entire oh, my God. 12 hour flight. Oh my and God. And I was, I stayed overnight at Honolulu Airport beforehand, so I hadn't slept a wink. And I was like, oh, I'll just sleep on the plane. And I couldn't because I had children not only being loud, but literally touching me. <laughs> it was so, grandparents turned to me in their sweet Australian accents. I'm sorry, like, fucking, no worries. Animal children. How old were the kids, do you think? Oh, like five or six. Oh, God. Old enough that they could have been told to not behave that way. Anyway, plane travel is horrible. That's really the lesson of the Langoliers. Yeah, it really is. I kind of just forgot that this whole book is just about how airports suck. Yeah, they're terrible. They are terrible. Actually, airports, I love airports. Flying, not great. Airports, they're just like a big mall that you have to hang out in. And that I is, love yeah. That. I love all the different stores. There's always a sick bookstore in an airplane. There airport. always, there always is. There always and is. it's always is there, Stephen King book. Is there, is there a part in the Langoliers where they hang around in the airport mm-hmm. and like go to like the gift shop? 
not so... Okay, you know what? How about I read you the synopsis? Okay, read and, then, the synopsis. and then you'll know what happened. Okay, okay, okay. We're bringing it all back. Uh, so we have... Essentially, we have a cast of ten characters or so. Okay. We don't need to go through all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there were ten people who were asleep when they went through, and those are the ten people who um, are within the... You know, that's our cast of characters. Yeah, Langolier Land. Langolier Land. Yeah, they're all in Langolier Land. Uh, I'm, I, there's a few of them I don't mention because they are barely involved. Yeah. But, uh, I'll try to give as much info about them as I can. Thank you. Uh, okay. Brian Engel, who is an airline captain extraordinaire, is deadheading from Los Angeles to Boston on an emergency run uh, due to the sudden death of his ex-wife. Uh, deadheading is, and I know this from Catch Me If You Can, oh. the popular flick. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is popular. That deadheading is when another pilot um, hops on a plane and just like is ta- like ferried to wherever they need to be. Oh. So they're not actually flying the plane; they're just kind of like along for the ride. Oh, okay. Um, so he's just maneuvered his last flight from Tokyo to LAX. Okay. Uh, through an engine malfunction, which he considers up to this point to be the most intense moment of his career. Wow. So far. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, as he settles in on his red-eye flight, a uh-huh. flight attendant named Melanie Trevor tells him to keep an eye out over the Mojave as the Aurora Borealis have uh. made an unexpected appearance. Ooh. Brian then, what? Never sees Melanie Trevor again. Da 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 Put your phone down. I'm looking up the... I want to have the synopsis up while you talk through it. Wow. Yeah, I'm t- I can Is jump this- in. I have the plot on Wikipedia. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't okay. get mad at me when I'm trying to help. Don't get mad at me when I'm trying to help, Spencer. You could have read the book. I could have, but I didn't have a copy. Actually, that's copy. Yeah, yeah no, literally, sorry, fuck sorry. you. Buy me a copy of the Langoliers, bitch. I don't fucking read it. Sorry, I'm mad. You had three weeks. <laughs> it turns out it's a bit of a slog. You're very right. This book starts out so good. Uh, okay, so... Sometime later on, Dinah Bellman, who okay. is a little blind girl with an old soul, or whatever. Okay, we love uh, that for her. I mean, God, she's <laughs> very annoying. Uh, she freaks out when she discovers, blindly, that mm. most of the passengers on the flight have vanished. Oh no. I, I know. Uh, she screams and awakens the other remaining passengers. Okay. Uh, and she's comforted by Laurel, who is an English teacher on her way to have a steamy affair in Boston with a man she's never met. Ooh, I and, love this. Like, what a, like, cast of characters. It's very much... It's almost like, it's like a closed-door mystery, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or like a, no, I was going to call it a bottle episode, but that's not what a bottle episode is. But it basically, like, you just have these ten people, there are no other characters, mm-hmm. and so you kind of, each one is like, you know, this is the Miss Scarlet, and this is the fucking, yeah. like, Professor Mustard, or whatever, Colonel Mustard, <laughs> Professor Plum. Ah! Oh. Wow, embarrassing. Professor Mustard, you think they give him the PhD? It's like new drag name. <laughs> Please look to the stage, Professor Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Seated Mustard. <laughs> and his drag daughter, Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> Only does clue bits. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Laurel's whole thing. We get a lot of Laurel's internal monologue in the story, uh, and it's really just her trying to come to terms with the fact that she's being a big slag. Ooh. Like, it's a lot of like, oh, but I'm just a little English teacher, and I'm going and having this affair, like, I've never done this before, like, me with a man, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, god, the 80s were a 
sad times. That is very sad. How did she meet this guy? Uh, through the personals. <gasps> I love that. I wish I lived in a time where I could meet people through the personals. We can't even use Craigslist anymore. I know, that's crazy. Or like misconnections. Yeah. Oh my god. I miss misconnections so bad. I would, I wish... I wish I could meet someone through misconnections. I think that would be really nice. Or, like, do one of those, like, video dating profiles. Oh, my God. This is how we're going to make our first million. We're going to bring back video dating. I don't think anyone wants to do video I dating. I think I do. <laughs> I'd pay a million dollars for that. We just get you a billboard and put your face on it. Is that, would that do? No, it's not the same. I want to make the video. You can make the video and then put it on a billboard. What kind of billboard? Oh, I forgot that digital billboards exist. What kind of billboard has moving pictures? Maggot's from a dimension where they don't have moving billboards. <laughs> and Sasquatch aren't aliens, I'm gonna, I guess. I'm gonna get a lot of money, and I'm gonna... Did you see that? You know, I'm, I'm actually gonna... I'm gonna not derail this anymore. Oh, no, but now I really want to know. Fuck. Oh, no, I talked about that billboard where it was the the Toronto people, and they it was like, that's, like, can't, wanna, afford- can't afford a house, get rich parents. I was like, damn. It's very real. Canonhousingcrisis.com, I'm pretty sure, is the website. And that everybody makes sense. should check that out because our housing crisis is fucked. Uh, as of this week, Toronto is now more expensive to live in than New York and LA. I saw. What the fuck? I'm not surprised. I'm I mean, not surprised either. Listen, fuck it. It's, the idea of buying a house in the city is a joke. I, I would ne- I, it's so outside of the row of possibility for me that I'm just, it's great. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, let's that, talk about the Langoliers. Yeah, I don't want to be sad. Uh,. Okay, so once the initial shock wears off and the gang uh, put together that all who were awake and watching the in-flight feature... Do you want to guess what the in-flight feature was? Oh, fuck. It came out in the 90s. You love it. You Was it Jurassic Park? No. Oh, was it... Oh, I don't know. Is it like Jurassic Park? No. Oh. Is it Moonstruck? You're close. Oh, fuck. Is it... I think you're going to get it on the next one. I don't know. Megan, what movie do you fucking love? Pretty Woman? No. Fuck. I love so many movies. What movie is it? When Harry Met Sally. I love that movie! <laughs> I do love that movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, man. How could they fall asleep during the best movie ever? Well, I mean, that's why most people were... <laughs> it wasn't Jurassic Park. It wasn't Jurassic Park, which I think came out in 94. Oh, true. So, true, my bad. Embarrassing my bad. for you. <laughs> okay. uh, all right, so all the people who were watching When Harry Met Sally disappeared. Okay. Uh, and they've left behind, uh, like, their hair pieces, their fillings, um, if they have, oh, like, yeah, yeah, um, bolts or anything in their knees mm-hmm. from surgeries. All of that has just, like, fallen out. It's very strange. Yeah. And so Dinah's just, like, little blind girl wandering around. She picks up, like, a toupee and ah. thinks it's a scalp. And that's oh, when she starts screaming and everyone's like, oh, something's on Um... So everyone who was asleep uh, appeared to have been unaffected uh, in every way, yep. except for the fact that they were asleep, um, and now are experiencing whatever they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian takes control of the plane, which had been running on autopilot, oh, fuck. Uh, with the assistance of Nick Hopewell, who is a British spy for MI5. Yeah. What? It's not mentioned <laughs> until the end of the book, but I'm going to say it now, because it... He, Why he, is that so? He's just got the, he's just got this whole fucking James Bond thing going on. I don't like that. It's because, I don't know, this story needed a character. Who, who was a spy? Well, who would be willing to do the things that Nick does and able to do the things that Nick Fair. does. Fair. But I mean, that's, 
listen, if I'm gonna dig this book, take this book apart immediately, I mean, like, we've got the weird psychic little blind girl, we've got the airline pilot who can fly the plane, we've got the spy who can fucking do the thing, like, it's it's all... And they all happen to fall asleep during when Harry it's, met it's Sally? Exactly. I don't yeah. think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. That spy would have loved when Harry met Sally. It was a new feature at the time. Fuck. Um... Anyway, so he's a British spy from MI, for MI5 on his way to Boston to uh, take care of some things. Um, he proves himself invaluable by stopping a distressed businessman named Craig Toomey with some James Bond nose-twisting shit. Oh, he Toomey's like, a good name. Toomey is a good name. Toomey is one of those names that I hear in horror a lot. Do you know what I mean? Have you... No, I understand, but I've never met a Toomey. No, never in person, but um, they're the only X-Files uh, monster of the week to appear twice was named Toomey. No way! Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and I feel like there's a nut, like, in Halloween or something, there's a Toomey. That's Maybe so We should look that up and see if there's a, if it means anything. Mm, yeah, well, because, yeah, he cre- he's definitely, like, the villain of the story. If this story yeah. has a villain that isn't the Lego yeah. <laughs> um, then he is it. Uh, so anyway, Toomey's our resident psycho, as uh, stated. Uh, he was abused by both of his parents uh, and threatened with the idea that the Langoliers would snatch him up if he ever got lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gone on to have some success in finance. I believe he's a bank manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, uh, only to now, be on the cusp of losing it all due to some very unfavorable stock purchases that will uh, certainly result in his dismissal and I think maybe legal action as well. Like, he... I think what it was, he bought a bunch of stocks in Argentina Okay. that he was under the impression were going to, like, inflate in oh. such a way that would benefit the bank. Oh. And the bank was like, okay, you can do that, but you can only buy this many, and you can only spend this much money. He was like, oh, yeah, of course. And then he just spent all of oh, the money. No. And now he's flying to Boston to have this meeting where they're going to be like, and Craig, how did your Argentinian bonds work out? And he's just like, no, didn't! And basically, for him, this is, like, the penultimate moment of his life. Like, everything has Man. petered down to this moment. So he is already as high-strung as he can get on this plane. That's and fair. this happens. God, can you imagine? Oh, my God, it would destroy. Uh, when he awakens to the almost-empty plane, he believes uh, that this moment in his life has been orchestrated specifically to abort his plan, and he's not happy about it. Oh, no. Um... So he approaches Nick and Brian. He's like, take me to Boston, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, dude, do you not understand what's going on here? Like, yeah. I know that we none of us do, but, like, this isn't happening to you. This is happening to everyone. Yeah. Um, like, we're not all actors in some play trying to fuck you mm-hmm. over. He's like, oh, I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, so Nick subdues him with his cool fucking MI5 move. I remember that. Um, and then he sits pissily in his seat and begins ripping long strips of paper, which is a nervous tick of his that calms him into a meditative state. Wait, wait, wait. Does the paper end up playing a role later in the yes, story? Yes, it does. I remember! <laughs> it's all coming back, baby. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that. I like that a lot. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm reading... Okay, again, as I said, I didn't yep. actually read this book at all. And I read it once, like, over ten years ago. Um, so I'm also reading... Uh, this is the plot synopsis of the miniseries, which we will talk about mm. at the end. Uh, and they mentioned a character named... Uh, what is his name? Rudy Warwick. And yeah. they describe him as a perpetually sleepy businessman with a ravenous appetite. Yeah, that's... I... 
he is such a nothing character. Okay. Straight up, I don't mention him once in the synopsis. Okay. He is truly just there to be another body to say words occasionally. Like, I think he's the reason they go look for food, but it's like, they could have just done that anyway. It's just such a, oh, so funny to me that this man's only fucking thing is that he's a hungry dude. Well, I was gonna say, that's the only thing, because they have, like, a little, like, oh, these people, like, blah, blah, blah fucking Laurel, Nick Hopewell, the, all the rest, and then this fucking Rudy guy. And I'm like, man, what? Like, what does he do? I, I just had to ask. I was like, does he come up? Like, is he relevant? I mean, I wasn't going to bring him up. Oh, well, shit. He's very irrelevant in my opinion. I don't know why I just picked the only person who doesn't matter and was like, but what about Rudy Warwick? How's he doing? How's Rudy? He, he orchestrated the whole thing, man. Yeah. Okay, so they're in the airport. Uh, not yet. So it appears, okay. um, so they're still flying. Uh, Brian is now taking control of the plane, Good and everyone on the plane is sort of trying to discuss what is happening, okay. what has happened to them. Okay, okay. Uh, it appears that beneath the plane, uh, the Earth is still there, but it's completely dark and silent. Ooh, so I got really excited, because yeah. they first flew over um, the Denver airport. Okay. And I was like, oh, are they going to go to the Denver? Do you know everything about the Denver airport? No, I don't know anything about okay. the Denver airport. That's a podcast in and of itself. You should look it up. The Denver airport is allegedly, uh, like, a new world order thing like the construction of it was really crazy and there's a bunch of like tunnels and stuff underneath oh. and it's one of those places where if there were some kind of nuclear holocaust or something that's where they would like put the president oh no way yeah and it's actually it's fascinating that's cool um there's like a bunch of like satanic and masonic imagery in the art um oh. there was something about how oh they spent it was like way over budget um and they, they had a perfectly good airport beforehand. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were like, no, no, no. We're going to make it a bigger, better airport. And oh, Denver wow. was like, okay. So they tore down the first one, put in this new one, and it has less gates. It's actually a smaller airport really? than the first one. Yeah. It, so it's all very That's weird. super weird. And, I, and it had been so long since I read this. I was like, oh, man, we're going to go to the Denver airport. Like, that's cool. That's yeah. going to be really neat. And then, of course, Brian informs everyone that they will be heading for Bangor, Maine. Because let's not forget this is a what? Stephen King book! Stephen King book. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! I, what the fuck, man? Okay, whatever. Listen, I've been to Bangor once or twice. It's fine. We should go to Maine. I would love to. After the pandemic ends. Yeah. We should go to Maine. I'm into it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, go on. Um, so they finally begin their descent uh, into Bangor after they've been flying <laughs> for a few hours. Oh my god. Um, Brian can't get any response from the flight tower. Uh-huh. So they successfully land without contacting anyone. Uh, and then they find the airport is completely deserted. Oh, that's Which spooky. I think they were lightly, they were like, oh man. Yeah. There's, there's really going down there. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so they disembark the plane via one of the big slide, which is oh, jealous. What right? a dream. What? I would love to do that. Honestly, I'm going to, I want to get langoliered so I can just, I can sit down that bad boy. <laughs> get langoliered. Uh, you know me. <laughs> uh, so the gang heads into the airport, uh, to investigate. Uh-huh. Everyone starts noticing things, like uh, Laurel walking across the tarmac uh-huh. um, notices that her heels are making, like, not the right noise. Oh. Like, there's no echo to it. Oh, that's weird. Um, so it's like like a thud instead of a click. I would notice that. You would? I would notice that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would too, because it's just one of those things, like, I think you would only notice it when it wasn't normal. Yeah, 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 because I love the sound of, like, a clickety heel. Yeah, me too. It's me so too. fun. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Uh... So the air is also completely still. There's no wind. Uh, okay. There's no smell. Everything is just very bland. Um, once they get inside and Rudy's like, I have to eat something. 
I wasn't gonna mention. I was just gonna say they went to get food, but now I feel like I have to be. And also, Rudy was there. Yeah, <laughs> and Rudy, he was hungry. <laughs> that hungry, hungry Rudy. That hungry, hungry Rudy. <laughs> so they, um, so they Fine. go over to the, the diner thing or the restaurant that's within the airport terminal, uh-huh. uh, and take out some food. And all of the food has no flavor and no texture. Wow, that they sucks. say that it's like everything that they put that they try to eat, like just is like paper in their mouths, mm-hmm. like flavor wise and texture wise. It's oh, just like God. almost nothing. Like, I can't even imagine what that would be like. That sucks. I would be very unhappy about that. It's kind of, it's like when, um, uh, I remember in high school, our our science teacher gave us a little vial of mercury to hold. Oh. And it was really heavy. And it was, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just this little thing, but it's like, whoa. And that kind of feeling, it just, it, it makes you think, what like, yeah, like there's more in this world like... than I know. Like, <laughs> also, Sasquatch is an alien. Fuck. <laughs> Man, I wish Mercury wasn't so poisonous. Why? I don't know. It just is a very cool thing. I'm yeah. Like, wouldn't you just love to just have it? I mean, I think you can have some, and just, as long as you keep it in its vial. I'd like that. I feel like <laughs> get, it's get me some mercury. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things you hear about. I actually, if I remember correctly, this science teacher was like, "I'm not supposed to show this to you guys," but like, it's in a vial. It's like it's safe. Mm. But I'm pretty sure she was like, "Yeah, back in the '70s, we used to just pour it into people's hands and be like, Whoa. oh man." And I was like, "Can we do that now?" How much mercury does it take to poison you? I'm gonna guess not very much. That is it's fair. A, it's like a heavy metal, right? That's true. Um, do you want? Should we get some? Don't don't find out. Don't don't. Because I won't be able to resist touching it. <laughs> it immediately gets canceled. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to go mad. She's got that mercury mad. <laughs> Which I now that I say it, I feel like it might be a thing. It is. That's what makes the, the hatters mad. Mercury poisoning. Oh. Yeah. That's like a mad hatter. Because they use mercury for like whatever oh. on hats back in the day. And that's why. Huh. Yeah, I didn't realize go, it was mercury. Yeah. That's, I'm pretty sure that's it. If it's not it, I now that I'm down, someone's gonna listen to this and be like, oh, first of all, as an expert, as a mercury scientist, <laughs> a, I was really interested in hearing about the Langoliers. I got a lot of things to say. I didn't think my degree was gonna be so relevant, but here we are. Anyway. Oh man, get okay. back on track. Back on track. <laughs> Remember, you know what? We're staying pretty on track for this one. I'm, I'm actually, the, yeah, I. Okay. Um, and they also see that all of the there's no electricity in the airport at all and uh-huh. then all of the clocks whether they're analog or digital uh, have frozen in time and the time I think it's 4.17am or something like that okay. and they assume that to be the time that they experienced the event whatever the event was got you um, so Bob Jenkins who is the, the fucking uh, the, mis- the writer who again because this is a Stephen King book uh, has yes. to be on this plane. yes he's, yeah. he's like a mystery writer isn't he exactly yeah that, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he suggests with like Fox Mulder surety that they're past uh, they've passed through a time rip which has left them stranded in what is essentially a photograph of the past okay um and it's one of those things I, the reason I say it's I've been watching a lot of X-Files like, can you tell yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and every episode is Mulder just going like well here's the wacky thing that it definitely is and Scully going no like it's probably this actual science and then in the end Mulder's always right I mean that's just uh, that's like yeah but it's just like this guy's just like well as a mystery writer it's probably a time rip and he's exactly right on like there's no question that's so <laughs> frustrating to me it's just so like oh, oh yeah no, as whatever. a mystery writer you're yeah, like okay yeah. we'll thank you for clue but like yeah, this is yeah. like not that 
so as alarming as that is, um, mm-hmm. it is uh, amplified when the little blind prophet Dinah mm-hmm. claims that she can hear a threatening sound approaching from the east over the ocean, uh, which over time the others begin to hear as well. Ooh. Ooh, that is spooky Uki. I mean, it's the first part of the... Everything is just kind of interesting up until that point, and our, I think dense from my first read, but everything mm-hmm. was just very interesting. Where is this going? And then as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, a yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not good. I know. Oh. Uh, this book could have been so good, but anyway, just keep going. I know. Uh, Craig Toomey, who's fully just lost his mind at this point, uh, he does this approaching horror of the Langoliers. Okay. Um, as? As his father used to, you know, yeah. um, threaten him with. Uh, they are finally on their way to snatch him up or gobble him up or whatever. Mm. Uh, so he grabs a gun from a security office and attempts to shoot Albert, who is the teen violin impresario Ooh. of the gang. Um, but the gun has lost its, like, ness, like everything else has in this mm-hmm. world. Uh, so it fires, but it just kind of, like, bloops out and, like, hits Albert the chest. He's like, oh. <laughs> uh, I think they, uh, in the TV series, they changed it to a girl character named bethany oh interesting so the um in the bethany is in the book okay um she uh she's i think she's like a like a drug-addled teen yeah 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 so they made it so that she was the one who would gotcha i think they gave her a bigger part in the main in the miniseries i feel kind of bad i don't mention her in this and i feel kind of bad she actually if you read in the story she's quite she's not an integral character necessarily yeah but, like, she gets a lot of the like plot going like a lot of the things that she says kind of move it along mm-hmm. uh, and i just didn't really find a way to move work that into my synopsis so i'm glad you brought her up yeah no um i think they recognize that in the miniseries and we're kind of like and also like the the teen girl the sexy teen girl with a drug problem is like a more like made for tv character than like some fucking nerd who plays the violin yeah yeah fucking, i think they're both in the miniseries though i'm not gonna lie to you that makes sense. I feel like he probably is in the... I think he probably is in the miniseries. I think they just gave her, like, more mm-hmm. moments, yeah, to kind of be I, a relevant character. She's easily a more likable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so um, he tries to shoot Albert. It uh, doesn't work, so mm-hmm. everybody kind of grabs him and hog ties him. Um, mm. And while he is tied up, Nick and Brian and Albert head to the plane, mm-hmm. um, believing slash hoping that Albert's uh, new theory yes. that the plane is from their time and therefore anything brought into it will regain its composure over time ah. uh, means that they will be able to refuel the ship successfully. So since they need to refuel the ship, that's okay. a definite thing. And but they've had this big moment where they're like, "Oh fuck! If nothing mm-hmm. works in this yeah. world, if everything is like paper or whatever, yeah. the fuel won't work either." Yes. Albert notices that um, the cigarettes that Bethany is smoking uh-huh. have started to go stale, and the matches that she's brought aren't lighting as easily uh, as they were initially. Okay. And so he thinks, okay, well, if if that's how it works in outside of the plane, yeah, wouldn't it stand to reason that it would do be the, the opposite, opposite inside the plane. the plane? So they take some stuff like the beer and like a soda and some matches and stuff oh, from the airport, take it to the plane, okay. And after a few minutes, it all car- sort of comes back to itself that's interesting but then aren't they considered like wouldn't they be like a vessel in the same way that the plane would so like yes. in drinking a beer that would like re yeah. or i guess because they're like they're not a thing they're a person yeah they're not like a space but like maybe they would drink that beer and then by the time it gets into their stomach it would sort of like, i don't know or maybe itself. they would lose i guess if the plane is like the fucking like 
if the plane's a fucking like conduit or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. like or conduit's not the right word, but if it if that's one, and then the outside is the other, then they. I guess could lose their ness. Does a plane lose its ness? It's suggested that it will over time. Okay, so got it's suggested you. that the longer they spend there, the more they will sort of become of this world. Okay, or, or, I think more specifically, less of the time that they are. That makes sense. Uh, Sorry, I'm kind of jumping ahead. No, that's a okay because it, it's 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 all very interesting at the end of the day. Like, it is it's interesting. Well done, like science fiction, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, if a little hampus did in places. Um. So, uh, meanwhile, while Toomey is, uh, hogtied, he's been left watched by <laughs> Laurel and Dinah for some reason. <laughs> and I'm not gonna be like, oh, left him with the two chicks or whatever, but I'm just like, you got, like, three buff burly dudes, yeah. and you're just gonna leave this clear psycho who's already tried to kill somebody. With, like, an English teacher and, like... A little blind girl. <laughs> That's so, like, ludicrous. Leave the one... And the big burly men are gonna go take the beer to the plane. Like, go fuck yourself. I guess the other dudes who were, like, hanging around, like, fucked off somewhere else. Yeah, I was gonna say, what happened to the old man? What happened to the hungry man? Well, that... It's, I think it was fucking his fault because Nick was like, you specifically, hungry man, dinner, <laughs> fucking watch this guy so that we're not leaving him alone with Laurel and the little blind girl. And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. Nick and Brian and Albert go off and he's just like, alright, who wants some fucking grub or whatever? And then just like leads them all away. Man, what a hungry, hungry man. Such a piece of shit. Uh, so anyway, okay. during that time, Craig obviously escapes his constraints because <laughs> how else is that gonna go? Shit. Um, and he goes and grabs a knife and hides behind um something in the like kitchen area of okay. where they were um they, where they were hanging out okay, okay and dinah little blind prophet dinah <laughs> gets her a little sweet summer child ass over there she's like come on out Greg. i've closed my eyes i'm blind girl. Um, <laughs> i love that for this auditory medium <laughs> exactly uh come on out craig like it's um it's okay you don't need to be scared like i understand that you're freaking out but like everything's gonna be okay like oh, you can no. you can trust me oh no and she gets closer to him and oh, he jumps no. out from behind the thing and stabs her oh no stabs the shit out of her which i had forgotten happened entirely oh my like, god wow. I mean, I know that Stephen King's not afraid to kill a kid, but, like, the only kid? Yeah, the only kid, and, like, the only real death. Well, that's... Well, and, again, I, I didn't remember any deaths happening in this book, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, I remembered, like, I don't... Like, what is this book? Like, this is wild. Oh, my God. Um, so, anyway, she's, uh... Dinah's been stabbed. Oh, fuck. Um, and Craig runs off into the airport, just like, whoa! Oh, my God. What a loon! I know. He's like, fucking lost his I think he thinks fuck. he's, like, worked himself into believing that Dinah's the head langolier or something. Oh. Like, it's totally... All the stuff written from his perspective, uh... It's, it's, it's very well written in that mm-hmm. Stephen Kingy way, where, like, you're very aware that you're... You're now seeing through this person's eyes... Um, that's cool. So that's his reasoning for killing Dinah. And uh, even after he stabs her, she's like, it's not his fault. Like, he's just scared. And you're like, all right, girl, mm, like, chill. Mm, or maybe don't no. be so chill. You did get stabbed. Oh, no. Uh, so Bethany runs to the plane and tells them that this has happened. Mm-hmm. Nick returns uh, and performs triage on Dinah as best as he can uh, yeah. while being very rude to Rudy. Oh. <laughs> like, you motherfucker. I literally this is what i was worried about happening and you literally <laughs> fucked it up like, <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> man Why if, 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 if ever in 
your life someone gave you one instruction, this was the time to follow it. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Fucking Rudy, man. What a hungry man. Hungry, hungry Rudy. I just like, hungry and sleepy. Hungry, sleepy if the, Rudy. If the Wikipedia is to be trusted. Like, why sleepy because he's so hungry? Uh, <laughs> what a piece of shit. It's not even, it feels to me like a Stephen King thing. They'd be like, and he was a fat man who like had to eat a lot, but his weight is never mentioned. It's just... He's just hungry. He's just a Some hungry guy. Some people just hungry. <laughs> Some people get really hangry. That's fully what it is. That's yeah. fully what it is. Do you get hangry? No. I don't either. I think people get, like, it's just like, come on. I think it's pretend. I think so, too. I think so, too. Okay. <laughs> like, it is fucking, like, get over it. <laughs> hey, no, hangry's not real. Hangry's I, I don't not real. Okay, all right. It. Anyway, what were we saying? Uh, so, um... Dino warns them not to kill Toomey in retaliation. Uh, obviously, they're all like, let's go fucking tie this motherfucker to the fucking front of the plane. Yeah. And she's like, no, you can't. We need him. Oh. And it's baby. just, uh, like, yeah. it's never explained why the little girl. There's always a character like this. The sweet summer child who just, like is somehow in tune with the universe in a way that the other characters aren't. Yeah. And I... Usually there is at least some semblance of an explanation around it, and mm-hmm. there is not for Dinah and the Tommyknocker. Or the Tommyknocker. No, yeah. The Langoliers, yeah. And that was annoying for me. That makes sense. It does just kind of feel like it was just like, well, she's blind. Therefore. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're a, gay, you're a gay guy. You don't know how to dance. Yeah. Like, you're uh-huh. blind. You can't see through the fabric of space time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I want to look at Stephen King's mind. I feel like oh my god, it's a wonderful place. Straight up. Straight up. Uh, okay. So they kind of, uh, everybody pans out and tries to find this guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Toomey is eventually found by Albert and Don Gaffney. Okay. Um, they find Who's him. Who's Don in, Gaffney? He's another man. Okay. Uh, the reason I haven't mentioned him is because he's about to be murdered. Oh, okay, good for him. He's wait, like wait, a, wait. He's like an airline mechanic. Or like, not oh, airline, no, like he's an old man, right? And he's going to go see his grandkid or something? Something like that. Maybe. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, Actually, I'm going to be real with you. I think there's another guy. Oh. He's, no, okay, Don Gaffney is a tool and die worker. Mm. I don't understand what that is. Oh, it's um, people who uh, make machines that make things. Oh, I know wow. a guy who's a tool and die maker who made the, um, he worked at the caramel factory and he told me, I guess he was part of the team that designed the machine. I'm not actually supposed to tell anyone this, but no one listens to this podcast, so I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the machine that puts uh, the caramels together, they're made upside down. What? And it's filled with chocolate. That. And the machine that puts the bottoms on is called the bottom depositor. <laughs> Dom top. <laughs> Dom top, bottom depositor. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's a tool and die maker. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, this tool and die maker is uh, going to go visit his newborn granddaughter. Okay, well. Yeah, then. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, they walk through the door of this uh, airline or uh, this, like, um, office, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Where Craig has been hiding, ripping paper. No oh, man. And is this what you... Yeah, yeah is this what you remembered? I think so. Because, um, Albert... Don Gaffney goes in first. Albert follows. Don Gaffney turns one way. Albert turns the other way and sees the pile of paper <gasps> torn up on the desk. And he goes, Fuck! <laughs> but it's too late. And Toomey is waiting and he stabs the shit out of Don. Oh, no! 
responds by beating the shit out of him with a toaster and a sling. Fuck yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Where did he come with the toaster in the sling? Yeah, he he was born with it. <laughs> <laughs> Some say he's been uh, doing it since the womb <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's actually there's a whole fucking ass thing about it where uh, Albert is uh, he, he's like oh we need some kind of weapon and uh, fucking Nick tries to give him like a knife or something he's like no 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 and he picks up a fucking <laughs> toaster and he picks up like a tablecloth he's like I'll be fine <laughs> anyway so he beats the shit out of Toomey uh, and then has a whole ass moment about the fact that he's just killed a man oh fuck um, Yo, did he actually kill him? Though? He didn't actually kill him. Okay. He just, uh, he, like, truly beat him within an inch of his life. Man. Like, it's very well written. I would recommend uh, reading that sequence if you like bloody, gory murder. I, I do. Which I do. Yeah. I do. That's, that's where you're for. Man, that's a wild. I know. Like, we just and also, I'm just like, well, all right, if I'm ever in a situation. Uh, a toaster is a really, like, they're heavy. There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot. I'm going to buy a toaster oven, I think, so I can attack men. <laughs> You go after your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be like, Esteban, you motherfucker. Fuck it. Who's got, uh, who's got yeah. control over the four plots now, baby? <laughs> You're just standing out there on guard, swirling around your toaster. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, we need to keep... We we're gotta all, keep we're on, getting there. We gotta keep on trucking. Uh, so they they leave Toomey for dead, uh, and the rest of the survivors head to the plane, which has okay. been successfully refueled. In this okay. Story. Um, the Langoliers make their grand entrance, revealing themselves to be oh my God. little black balls with chainsaw mouths <laughs> that almost joyfully chew the fabric of the world, uh, leaving pure nothingness in their wake. Now, I am having a bit of a Mandela effect moment about this because... Okay, you tell me what you're about to tell me. You tell me what you're about to Whoa. tell me. What are you? Oh, tell me what you're about to tell me. I want to hear what in you say. In my memory, yes. In my memory, it was not thousands of little black things. It was two, and one was red and one was blue. That is the memory that I have from the first time I read this book. Okay, that is not the memory I have. Okay. In my mind, they were purple, and they weren't that little. They were like, like, what are those? Like the exercise balls. Okay, yeah, yeah, They were, like, exercise ball size, and they were purple, mm -hmm. and they did have mouths. But I guess red and blue does make purple. So maybe that's it's what I was thinking, but I'm, they were not black. Now I'm wondering, because I don't think I've seen the miniseries, but maybe I did, and maybe they're colored in that. Well, I'm going to show you what they look like in the miniseries. Please do. Because I brought that up, because I was like, you know, they actually, <laughs> have you ever seen them? I, well, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you'll <laughs> You'll know. I'm gonna tell you what they look like after. Oh, they look like balls. They do like balls. They look like um you remember the time? Like The time balls from Rick and Morty. Yeah, the time balls from Rick and Morty. They look exactly like that. Yeah, they really do. They like, really exactly. do. Exactly. Listen, they're from another dimension, man. I wouldn't Everything's be surprised. Really like, this is a documentary. I would not be surprised if Rick and Morty had like use this as a reference. Yeah, that, I mean, that, it that show has a bunch of Stephen King references. It has to. Yeah. Um, anyway, this That's is, funny. this is what they look like. I love how, I, I, fuck. They're like, poorly CGI. Honestly, I'm gonna say it's pretty good CGI for 96. It is. I mean, I'm not seeing it in motion. So maybe that was. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm gonna make this my, um, I'm gonna make this my favorite. 
Facebook cover photo. I need you to do that. I need you to do that. This is going to be the first thing I post on the, on the pod, on the pod Instagram. I, I have not been adding to the Instagram. Well, we haven't had our hard launch yet. But this we're is gonna be on episode launch. twenty. We're like, look, we haven't had a hard launch <laughs> we yet. We haven't had our hard launch. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm gonna, this is gonna be the first image I post. Good. Yeah. I'm happy for us. I'm happy for us too. And then you can see what it looks like because it's so stupid. I'm, I now I'm wondering if I was I'm like mooshing them together with reboot. Do you remember the two? Oh my god. The, you know, the little guys from Reboot, yeah. the little, like, minions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe yeah. I just kind of... Maybe. Flip those together in my mind? I don't know. I really, like... I honestly, like, the moment they... He described... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. These fucking little creatures as bouncing balls with mouths. I, like, put the books down. <laughs> I mean, I did, too, because I was so, like, oh, that's sort of... But in this reread, I don't know why, but it didn't hit me in the same way. And I was expecting them to be yeah. just two and this blue and red thing, because that was what I remembered. Oh, and then okay. when it wasn't, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Like, I wasn't as offended by it as I was in my memory. So, I don't know. I don't know. They just were goofy. It is also still fucking goofy. Like, what a dumb, like... You know, it's like that horror thing where it's like when you see the mon nothing. It's after ter- you- terror and horror, right? Terror, terror builds, and, horror. and then horror is the moment where you see it. So this whole story, we've been building terror. What's coming? What are the light layers? And then the horror moment is just like, Mwah. yes, I'm just a little ball with teeth, and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, I just I. And then there's still a bunch of book left after, and you're just like, yeah. not a bunch, but there's enough for you to be like, okay, so the big bad of this series is a ball with a mouth. So, well, many balls with many mouths. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They take off. No, wait, they don't take off. They don't take off. They're about to take it off. They're about to take they're, it off. They're seeing the Langoliers for the first time, and everyone's like, oh, man. Are they scared? Yeah! What do you mean another <laughs> ch- weirdly chill about it? I mean, like, just, like, it was, like, fucking Rudy. Like, I mean, I'm pretty scared, but, like, this is not what I was picturing. And like, also, I'm hungry. <laughs> is this what Don Gaffney had to die for? Uh, Dinah regains her consciousness okay. uh, long enough to psychically goad Craig Toomey into making himself a distraction, uh, which leaves him to be devoured and the plane to fly off successfully. Um, I, it... She just can. Where it? is she? Is she in the plane? She's on the plane because okay. she's dying. She's okay. lost a lot of blood, but she's not dead yet, and they're hoping they'll be able to get her to. Okay. If they can get back to their own time or whatever, that they'll be able to. To like, get her to a hospital. Yeah. So she uses like her little telekinesis or whatever to convince yeah. him. Yeah. Or she, I think it's almost like she gets into his head and like he, she can see through his eyes. Okay. But he's seeing her through his eyes. It's all very confusing. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. Full stop. Um, Yeah. It's sort of alluded throughout the story as well that Dinah can sort of see through Craig's eyes, but it's never explained why. It always just kind of seems kind of like a hallucination, but you know it's not, but then when it's not explained, you're like, I don't really, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway. I don't get it. It's it's a weird plot hole. Okay. Um, To me, anyway. Uh, so anyway, after that happens, uh, the plane flies off, she dies. Oh, she does die? Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, oh, no, she's done this, now she'll live. No, no, almost immediately she dies. You know what? 
I'm glad she dies. Yeah. I think it would have been a, such a, like, this whole, like... No, the reason she died is because Stephen King couldn't explain why she was fucking... What her whole psychic nonsense is there. <laughs> it's like, well, if she dies, then we don't have to explain the thing. Exactly. <laughs> wait, so wait, 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 wait. I don't remember... So they go through, like, the time hole or whatever. So their plan is to... They're, uh, Bob Jenkins, the mystery writer, who oh, is yeah. somehow magically just correct about all of this, <laughs> uh, figures that if they fly back through it... Okay. Theoretically, logically speaking, it yeah. should pop them back into their own time. Okay. Which, I mean, they don't have another option at this point. They might as well try it, right? True. Like, what else are they going to yeah. do? Um, so as the plane approaches the time rip... Um, uh-huh. Uh, they, well, they come up to it, and apparently it's, uh, two miles big, it's, like, lozenge-shaped. Okay. Uh, and it's just, it's, like, an ethereal thing, you can sort of see, like, time going through it as, like, a mist. <laughs> I'm it's... picturing, like, numbers, like, floating in and out, like... <laughs> I'm picturing fucking all of that shit I've been reading about the last two weeks. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like, whoa, man, dimensions! <laughs> yeah. Watch out um, for the sun. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're walking by Sasquatch with a briefcase and just like, oh, man. Yeah, he's been the pilot the whole time. <laughs> you guys couldn't see me, but now you can see me. Um, so right before they're about to fly through and everyone's all like, oh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fly through, it's gonna be great. Bob, the again, the mystery writer, realizes that they all need to be asleep to avoid vanishing like the original awake people did. Oh, fuck. Which does make logical sense. That does make logical it. sense. Um, what do they do? Well, so they talk about it. They're like, okay, well, we could... Like, everybody's, like, everyone who's on this plane before, all their shit is still here. So we could just, like, take a bunch of sleeping pills. Yeah. Um, but Brian's like, no, like, those will take at least 40 minutes to kick in. Yeah. And we only have an hour of gas left. So oh, we fuck. can't wait 40 minutes and then fly through it and then still make it to LAX. Oh, fuck. Like, that's not going to happen. Oh, fuck. Um, and so there was another suggestion that I can't remember off the top of my head that was also just, like, that's not going to work. Yeah. So finally, Albert, yeah, little yeah. violin virtuoso oh, boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. is like, okay, what if we depressurize the cabin? <gasps> um, so that they, because they lightheaded. Yeah. Because they like, I, I'm, I'm actually like kind of invested because I was like, how will they get out of this? Well, I, I had all of this from the mo- it's the same shit as you from the moment the Langoliers were introduced on. I was just like, fuck this book, <laughs> fuck this book. So I did not remember anything. That at the end. is so nuts. Um. So what uh, Brian does is flips. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, well, they decide that one person is going to have to sacrifice themselves oh, no. in order to go through because someone is going to have to fly the plane into it and yeah. then also crank the pressure back up at the last second oh. so that at the very least Brian will wake back up and yeah. then land the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's this whole fuck. I didn't want to talk about it because I found it really boring and I mostly skipped over it. Yeah. But Laurel and fucking Nick have a whole ass thing. Where yeah, they like, got a little like... Let's We're going to fuck when this is over or whatever. Um, and they they basically have that conversation, and then this happens, and Nick's just like, "Well, okay, I'll do it." And Laura's like, uh, "Dude, Aww, <laughs> dude, right man, she should have fucked him in the airport." They didn't have time to fuck in the airport. They probably, how long were they there for? I think like an hour. You could uh, fuck for ten minutes. There were like three murders in that time. Nick was trying to lead the crew, man. Fucking. <laughs> I don't know, so, man. I'm just. <laughs> I just she had to look after Dinah, who was stabbed. She wasn't off. She was a DTF. She was busy. She was DTS. DT stab. DTS. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm derailing my. We're mind. almost done. We're <laughs> almost done. God. Okay, keep it, um, keep it keep it chugging. So they 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 follow through with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The plane is depressurized. Um, Nick. 
pulls down the oxygen mask so that he won't fall asleep. Okay. Uh, he flies through. At the very last minute, they're like, oh, he's like, oh, like, maybe it'll be fine. Like, we're going back through, oh, so, like, no. maybe I'll be fine. And, yeah. like, at this point of the book, I was like, maybe he will be fine. Yeah, maybe he and will be no. fine. Oh, man. They fly through the thing, and immediately he vanishes, and his feelings just fall to the floor. Oh, that's sad. Like, well, then. Do you think cool. Nick was sexy? Yes. Okay. What do you think? Do they describe what he looks like? They, they're just, like, tall British guy. Honestly... The, the, um, the person who I, uh, in my, like, dream casting yeah, yeah. of this, I, uh, my friend Miles, did you ever meet him? No, we used to work together. Uh, he's an actor. He's been, to, he's on the next step right now. Oh, cool. Um, and he's been in Handmaid's Tale and shit. Oh, shit. Okay, true. Yeah, he's great. Um, but he's English. And the whole time I was reading this, I was just like, well, it's Miles. Oh. <laughs> Tall British man with a sassy attitude. That's Miles. Oh, <laughs> like, man. So, anyway, Stephen, if you're listening, if you want to dollar baby this project to us, oh, we've yeah. already got our Nick Hopewell cast. Uh, I'll see if we can get him. I don't know. He's pretty busy. No, no, he's pretty busy. We can, uh, we'll make the, okay, we'll talk about this in, we'll we, talk about yeah. this in adaptations. Um, I'm actually going to sidebar for a second because, okay. and this is, I haven't even written this down, but I'm just, I'm thinking of it now talking about the depressurization. Yeah. Um, but do you remember that Malaysian flight? That went missing like four yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever read what happened? No. Okay, I'm gonna Cliff's Notes version of this because there's a there's a long form article on Vanity Fair I think that you can read. That okay, true. It it took me like a couple of hours to read. It is a long read. Okay. Um, but basically, um, through forensic science, they were able to determine what probably happened, despite the fact that they never actually found the black box. Okay. And the pilot, um, he had like long time on a flight simulator beforehand uh-huh. where he had um at this certain trajectory just into the water like through the flight simulator to like see what would happen and it was right before that plane disappeared so it looks like what happened is that he depressurized the cabin by going up really fast and coming down really fast so uh he likely had killed his co-pilot before that uh, and then by doing that, moving so quickly, um, the people who were in the actual, like, fuselage of the plane, uh, died. Oh, the, like, no. aneurysm style, like, it just, like, oh, it, that was it. And then he just, like, autopilot right into the sea. And that's what happened. Oh, God. Isn't that horrible? That's awful. I, I'll see if I can find a link and put it in the show notes, because it's, it's worth a read. Um, because that was one of those, like, Bermuda Triangle mysteries where yeah. I was like, what did happen to that plane? And then it's just like, oh, it's, that guy just so lost sad. his mind and killed, like, 200 people. Jesus gotcha. Christ. Oh, my God. And so, anyway, don't depressurize. Anyway, knowing that, and then yeah. they were just so loosey-goosey with the depressurizing. I was wow, like, yeah. I don't know about this, you guys. Yeah, like, you might just die. Yeah. Wow, holy shit. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, they do make it out on the other side, then, then. Yep, so uh, the gang come to on the other side. Brian uh, lightly crashes the plane into LAX. Oh, that's fine. Uh, bas- they Basically, they get down to the ground and everything kind of looks the same as it did in Bangor. And they're like, well, fuck. Oh, no. Like, we've flown through, but now we're in some other ass, fucking third ass, next yeah, ass yeah, thing yeah, 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 that yeah. isn't right. Um, but as soon as they step out of the plane, uh, Albert goes, guys, can't you feel that? There's air. Like, oh. there's a breeze. It's oh. very light. And they go through the airport and Bob fucking because he's the one who knows it all oh my god uh, runs over to like the canteen or whatever and grabs a muffin and like takes a bite he's like that is the best fucking muffin I've ever eaten in my goddamn life whoa and it's it, they start to realize or Bob tells them basically that since they were in the past and then flew back oh. they're now in the future so they watched the they watched the world be devoured by the Langoliers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. That's, that's just the natural way of things for when that's how the past disappears. But that's now fine. they're going to see the birth of time. 
basically they're going to see the birth of a new world. So everything wow. is here, but it's all fresh and new. Oh, that's good. Uh, and so fun. that muffin tastes extra good because it hasn't been born yet. That's fun. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I love that. You know what? Those tough fucking time monsters yeah. from Rick and Morty yeah. are 100% fucking a reference to the Langoliers. They've got to be, right? Because they're the time, they eat time. They're the timekeepers. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Justin Roiland, if you're listening, we're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just spent the last four hours watching the new season of Solar Opposites, so I am all There's over this show. There's a new season? Yeah. Oh. It's just as good. Okay, good, good. That show is surprisingly good. Exactly. Do they have more of the wall people? Yeah. Yo! There's a whole next-ass thing happening oh, with the wall people. Fuck. There's a serial killer in the wall now. Oh, my God. They've, built, they've rebuilt their society after the war. Oh, my God. Okay, wow. Okay. Well, Sorry. Spoilers. Yeah, there's spoilers. so much stuff happening. Yeah, cut that out. People who watch Solar Opposites. Oh, they'll, it's episode two. They'll be fine. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um, so, anyway, they... Um, uh, basically, Bob is like, holy shit, everybody, like, get up against that wall where, like, nobody would be. Uh, and they all, the six of them who have survived, stand against I the wall. I see why. Uh, so that they, nobody gets, like, <laughs> yeah. like, if, if they, if somebody appeared while they were standing there, I can't imagine that would go well. <laughs> um, anyway, they, uh, they stand there, and there's a bit of a jolt, and they feel everything sort of just ramp back up. Wow. And all of a sudden, everybody appears, and there are two little kids who have to be looking over. They're the only people in the airport who see them just appear. Wow. They're like, Dad, those guys are new. And the dad looks over, and everyone's bleeding because they have all got nosebleeds oh. from the fucking depressurization. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> So they fucking, uh, nothing is ever stated about the plane that they just crashed into the building. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody seems to be freaking out about that but then they um they all kind of hold hands together essentially and like mm. run off into the outside um and it's kind of like that's the your happily ever after moment uh and then also if uh i haven't mentioned it because i wanted to leave until this second but there's a, another guy in the plane who slept through the whole thing the whole thing i think he woke up for like a second when they were taking off the second time. That's funny. I was like, what's going on? And they were like, you don't want to know. He's like, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> it's all the only time he's involved at all. That's funny. And that, my friends, is the Langoliers. Man, it is a good story, it, I think. I don't know why it was so hard for me to get through it this time. I Like, there was some... Some, maybe it was just because I more or less knew how it ended. Maybe yeah. Maybe because I knew the surprise of what the Langoliers were. I just wasn't that... Well, because the Langoliers are bullshit. Like, it's like, I think it does kind of... It does, like, once you know what the Langoliers are, you're like, I don't fucking care about this book anymore. This yeah. book is trash. Yeah. But, like, when you describe it to me, I'm like, you know what, this is kind of fun. I guess maybe it could be shorter. It sounds like it really was, like... I mean, there was a lot of... Like all that, like Dinah or uh, Laurel and Nick stuff, where they're just like trying to fuck. We, we're just like thinking sweet nothings about each other. And I, I was just like, fucking all right. Yeah, next, next, that's next. so funny. Uh, there is a lot of that in it, but I mean, the meat of it is there. Yeah. That there, it's a little plot holy. The whole Dinah thing. It seems like it's very like Deus Ex Machina. Like it doesn't sound particularly good, but it sounds like a lot. You describing it to me is like fun. Yeah. But the story is not fun. Like, it's scary, yeah. and then it's just nothing. It's funny. It's, it almost reads like a, um, like an 80s action movie. Oh, yeah, 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 I mean? yeah, Like, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. reading it, I was like, oh, I can see. It's, oh, have you heard anything by Michael Crichton? You no, know, I Jurassic haven't. Jurassic Park and stuff? I, well, I tried to read, I tried to read Jurassic Park, which is now, like, the 10th time we've mentioned Jurassic yeah. Park in this episode. But, like, 
I don't like it. I don't like the book. Uh, I've never read Jurassic Park. I've read a couple of his books, and I've always found them to be very cinematic. Mm. Like, and because so many of them were made into movies afterward, I think that kind of it goes hand in that's hand. Fair, but it's like they fair. were written almost for film. Yeah, there are some Stephen King books, and The Langoliers is one of them, which seem to be kind of set up in that same way. Like, it's a very cinematic, um, like, like yeah. systematically laid out so that everything is revealed like it would be in a film. Well, it's kind I mean? of like with, um, Joe Hill does that a lot. Yes. With his books. Yeah, well, especially he's... The Fireman, which was, I think, originally written to be theoretically adapted into a series. Exactly. Like, a lot of his, like, work is, like, paced that way, so mm-hmm. it would kind of stand to reason that, like, you know, Stephen King also does do that. Like, yeah. not to say that they're the same person and their writing is the same, but, like, you'll I mean, they do have, there are a lot of similarities between their writing. They're different enough that, like, they're both incredible in their own ways. A hundred percent. It is really interesting. I mean, now we're talking just yelling about Joe Hill, but yeah. it is really interesting to me how their writing styles are so similar. Yeah. Uh, yet he can still have his own individual voice that, and I, hand to God, I think some of his books are better than some of Stephen King's books. Absolutely. Like, be- I would say even better than some of Stephen King's better books. Like, he has such a good eye for character in a way mm-hmm. that his father doesn't, or that I think his father might have lost over the years. That's valid. Um, Oh, I, I, maybe this isn't the time to say this, but I think we should do a Joe Hill book soon. I think we absolutely uh, should. Or at least a short story, because oh my I, God, they're yeah. really good. They, I think we should definitely do a Joe Hill book. I like his books. Like, I don't like... Oh, man, I could reread The Fireman so hard. Oh, my God, I definitely could reread that. Oh, so fucking good. I, I started rereading Horns, actually. I have a copy of that for some oh, reason. I got through Horns. I found it to be a bit of a slog. I liked it. I actually liked it, actually. Never mind, I liked it. I and then I watched you read it a few years ago. Did you? I, I, I read it, yeah, I read it a few, I, so I read it before the movie came out, because yes. I remember going to see the movie and being like, what the fuck is this I trash? I cannot get through that movie. It's it terrible. It's so bad. Man, Daniel Radcliffe makes some off-the-wall choices sometimes. I'm not mad about it. I like it. You remember the F word? I love that movie. Yeah, we should watch that later. I'll be down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's I actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. I just watched it like a month ago, but I love it so much. I would absolutely. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. It. That after the pod, we're gonna be. That could be our Patreon content. They can watch the. Us watching the episode every week. <laughs> we should do. We should do. We should. I'm so excited. We should do a podcast, a yeah. Patreon thing, where we watch and review all the movies that we talk about on yeah. the pod. I'm into that because we talk about so many movies that aren't. In any way related to Stephen King, <laughs> we should just do that. Someday. I think I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with adaptations. Okay, true, true. Stephen Queens. Stephen Queens. Ba da ba ba da ba. We're back from our break. We're back from our break. Megan, tell us about any adaptations. Uh, there's one adaptation. It is called The Langoliers. And it's a miniseries. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mentioned it a couple times in the pod. The body of the pod. Yeah, the yeah. potty. Yeah. Um, it is two hour and a half long episodes. It came out in 1995 and it aired on ABC. Um, I have not seen it. You have not seen it. If I have seen it, I barely remember. It is pretty true to the source material, from what I gather. Um, It was directed by... It was written and directed by Tom Holland, who... Oh my god, looks exactly like Stephen King. 
Whoa! Yeah, that guy looks just like Stephen King. That's crazy. Uh, uh, it's also Stephen King makes a cameo in it. I'm pretty sure. Does he? I think he's one of the other people on the flight. Oh, cool! That be, sure. I, I would. Do, I, I, that makes sense. He yeah. also. This guy also did an adaptation of Thinner. I've never read Thinner. What? One of the rare Stephen King books oh my read. god, Thinner's really good. I like Thinner. It's like. It's weird to me that you like it because it feels like one of the ones that would gross you out. Yeah, it's body. It's I don't it's know. It's body horror. You it's body horror. Can't I don't like body, body horror. horror. I like, but I love people getting really thin. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty gross yeah. of you, right? Yeah. yeah, I know. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to unpack that in therapy later. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and he uh, also, I think, directed the first um, Chucky movie. Oh, yeah, that interesting? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. Um, so that's cool. He did that. Uh, yeah, it does look like Stephen King did have a cameo in this, which is fun. Um, all of the actors who were in it are just like fucking like real like just nobody eighties actors. Oh, there's 90s actors. who's the the there's a few. There's one or two who are a name. Uh, Patricia Wedding no. played Laurel. No. That Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, yeah. He plays Bob Jenkins. Who's he? What else has he been in? Uh, He's just one of those names I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he looks like this. Yeah, he's a character actor in fucking everything. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's like a whole ass fucking... Who played, um, Brian? Brian? Um, Brian was played... Yeah, the... Oh, I don't even think Brian was in... Oh, no, 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 David... Morse. They called him... David Morse, that's... Captain Brian Eagle. (laughs) Um, Angle. Whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, David Morse has been in a million things. Yeah, he's he was in the Green Mile. Oh, yeah. he was in Disturbia. He was in Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. Wow. He's okay. In everything. This guy is in everything. That's he's also nuts. a fucking daddy as fuck. He is kind of daddy. Oh, who played Nick? Uh, oh, I didn't know the name. Uh, some guy named Mark Lindsay Chapman, and there's no photos. That is of him. too close to Mark David Chapman. I don't know who Mark David Chapman He's is. He's the guy who tried to kill Ronald Reagan through Jodie Foster. Oh, whoa. Or he's the guy who killed John Lennon. Oh my God, this guy. One or the other. I was this, guy, this guy looks like, uh, this guy looks like, um, what's his name? The, uh, the, the detective that I look like sometimes. The detective that you The look- one who wears a big trench coat. And he, oh fuck, he wears a big trench coat and his wife. Hidalgo? <laughs> no, not no. Oh my god! Oh my god! What's his name? Oh. What's his name? It's gonna yelling it. I can hear everyone yelling it. He wears a big trench coat. Not Geraldo. That's the TV show. Horatio. Fuck. Don't look it up. I'm not gonna look don't it up. Look it I'm up. not gonna look it's it up. This guy up. does look like him though. I don't know what this guy, what that guy looks like. Oh my god! Fuck! Oh my god! Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Uh, I don't even know what to look up to find this out. I'm gonna look it up. No, I, it needs to come naturally. No, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna come naturally. The other night, Mrs. Mrs. Then she had a show. She did have a show. What was her show? Uh, Hidalgo is so close. Hidalgo is. So close. Don't look it up. I'm not gonna look it up. I'm not. This is like making me so mad. I'm gonna look oh. at a uh, detective in big coat. <laughs> detective in big coat. Detective who looks like Megan. If you find it, just give me the first letter of it. I want to see if I can. A get it. Hidalgo. 
<laughs> this guy, this guy, this guy, what is his name? Fuck. I found a photo of him. <laughs> it's not. It's... We were so off, weren't we? <laughs> Doll goes. Really close. What letter does it start with? It starts with C. Mrs. <laughs> it's really close. Ridalgo. Columbo. Columbo! <laughs> Fucking Columbo. The guy looks like Columbo. Oh my god, well they... Man, you don't pick Columbo in that coat. <laughs> Oh my god, this is falling apart. We need to end, need to end this. I'm sorry. The only other thing I'm gonna say while Megan hyperventilates about Columbo, I was gonna call it Hidalgo. Mrs. Columbo. Um, there's a TV show, it's on Netflix, it used to be on NBC called Great News, I yell about it a lot. Yeah, you do. And there's this one bit they do yeah. where uh, fucking the main chick is talking to her boss and she goes, oh, they're gonna. Eat it all up just like the Langoliers. Nyang, 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 nyang. <laughs> and the guy just looks at her and she goes, Not a Stephen King fan? He goes, No, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest joke. You know, like the Langoliers. Alright, alright, Megan. What's next week? Uh, well, what do we rate it? What do you rate the Langoliers? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> you to have rate to rate it. Oh, God. And we have to put it on a Diet Coke scale. I know. I'm going to give it an orange crush. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna give it a cherry coke because I don't like cherry coke. You don't like it. It's too sweet. This book is too sweet. This book is too. Sweet. There's too much going on. <laughs> it's like a regular coke in a bottle. It makes your teeth feel weird. <laughs> and you're feeling smaller. <laughs> 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 Not a Stephen King fan. <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Great news. Uh, I will not be rating this book because I didn't read it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm gonna, gonna rate it one Hidalgo out of Columbo. <laughs> That's lots of negative points. <laughs> okay. Um, what book did we decide on for next week? I don't know. It's uh, it's your call. It's your call. Let's do a shorter one because we had trouble. Reading I'm gonna one. I'm gonna leave it a mystery. It's going to be a mystery book. Is that just because you can't think of one off the top of your head? No, it's because I don't want to... Um, what was the one you said earlier? The short story? Yeah. I was. I wanted to talk about the jaunts. Yeah. Is... No, I know what I want to do. I want to do the longest mile. The Richard Bachman one. Not the what's it? Oh, the longest walk. The longest walk. I want to do oh, the longest walk. Oh man. I want to do the longest walk. Oh. Fuck. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out how to. I'll buy a copy on Amazon. I think I used to have a copy. I, I also used to have a copy. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I let's do it. I fucking love that book. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about fucking dark. Books. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. That's gonna be a real Good choice. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. We have to say that. Oh, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Because I haven't made the thing that goes on the end yet. Oh, that's fair. That's going to trip people out if they're ever listening down the line. And then after I've said this, then they hear it nicely. Oh, my God. Oh, that's going to be fair. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. That was cute. Uh, I think that one might have been good. <laughs>